Thank you. Home and here, in your own way, how you have faithfully loved and served the Lord, and how you have faithfully and lovingly served your neighbors, your friends, and your family. If ever there has been a time in our nation's history, if there ever has been a time in our lifetime when we have needed and valued each other, it has been the last 15 months. And it is humbling to know that the faith community and the church and the Church of England and this, our church, has been at the center. Thank you for all that you have given and all that you are. The Lord knows. I know a little, but the Lord knows you and loves you. And it is a privilege to be part of what God is doing for us. So moving forwards, we're very gradually and tentatively emerging from lockdown to try and find something like normal, whatever that may be. Well, as we do so, I've been thinking and praying and reflecting, and a particular Bible story has come to mind. I think it resonates with us today. It's the story of Noah and the great flood. I believe that it offers real practical insight and practical help to us today. And I want to speak briefly about five words that emerge from Noah's experience that we read about in Genesis chapter 8 and chapter 9, and then apply those directly to our context as we look to the Lord to lead us going forwards. Think about Noah's situation. It was a lockdown, wasn't it? He was confined to the ark with his family and with all the animals. There was chaos and uncertainty round about him, and they experienced a very challenging lockdown. Scripture tells us they were in lockdown without easing for 150 days with no break, at the mercy of the wind and the waves. I'm sure it was tough. We've gained a new insight, haven't we, into what it's like to be in lockdown. Think of Noah and his family, their situation, their uncertainty. I think that all the occupants of the ark had to grow in this virtue, the virtue of grace, of being kind, next slide please, kind to others, kind to themselves, they had to exercise understanding, tolerance. And I think that's a first application for each one of us. Whether we're aware of it or not, we have been affected by COVID. Our health, our mental health. In so many ways, we are carrying the consequences and we're not out of it yet. So the first thing that I believe Noah is reminding us to do is to be people of grace, to be kind, to be kind to one another, to be kind to our church, to be kind to those in places of leadership and authority in our society, and yes, be kind to the volunteers and to the members of this church. I don't know about you, I've noticed since Christmas how the atmosphere has changed, how we've become, in many cases, tetchier, grumpier. Certainly, I found it in my life. Please do speak to me and speak to others. It's important we speak, that we listen, but let's do so with grace and love and truth. 
We serve a gracious God who has been gracious to us. So Noah reminds us of the need to be gracious to others, to be gracious to ourselves as we continue to be gracious to God. Fast forward now to the end of the story, when the peak of the flood has passed and the waters are beginning to recede. Noah now has a job to do, to work out what to do next. What does he do? Remember the story? He sends out a dove. It comes back. He waits seven days, still waiting and wondering and praying what to do next. So he sends out the dove again. This time the dove returns with what? An olive leaf in its beak. This is a sign. He waits another seven days and sends out the dove again. This time, do you remember? The dove doesn't return. This is a sign from the Lord that the end is coming. The flood has passed, the waters are receding, and it is time for him, as the head of the household, under God's authority, to prepare for the future, to make plans for when the ark lands on dry land and they emerge into whatever the new normal was going to be. Does that resonate with us today? Let me continue by saying that there is something in the story that I don't think that we should be doing. And that surely after emerging, Noah plants a vineyard, presses some grapes, gets a vat of wine. What does he do? Gets completely plastered. Now that's an option. I would not recommend it to us. But it does indicate one possible way that some people may respond after the flood waters, after the pandemic has eased. They are relieved that the worst is behind them. And so they want to forget. They want to live truly for themselves, to live a life of selfish indulgence. And therefore, they, they can choose to live for themselves. That is, not, that is to fail to learn from the past and to live in the way that God invites. But there are other things from Noah's story that I briefly want to share for us. And these words that come from Noah's story connect directly with our ministry strategy of pathways, with our vision for 2023, which we'll be representing in the future. And the next thing I want to say, what did Noah do? He gathered. The first thing that Noah did when he left the ark, when it arrived on Mount Ararat, was what? to gather with his family and with every living thing on the earth. This is something that the church will continue to do. And we lovingly and gently and graciously and sensitively are looking to regather ourselves and to regather and serve our community. How are we going to be doing that? Well, as you've seen, by offering the range of in-person services, we're announcing on Sunday, and I'm announcing tonight, a whole series of church socials. Everybody from Monday will be receiving a personalized invitation. Everyone. And if you don't get one, please contact us. Welcoming you to a social at the rectory, where in groups we can come together and learn what it is to be in relationship 
with each other. Appropriately, we're going to be resuming our ministry, which has already begun. Small groups will continue and develop as lockdown allows. Church services, this Sunday, Pentecost Sunday, we celebrate the gift of the Spirit, the end of thy kingdom come, with celebration services and an outdoor service, weather permitting, bring your brollies, where we can sing together. We're looking to gather sensitively and graciously together. Ministries have resumed and are resuming. And I also want to remind ourselves and to thank you for your unseen servant ministry to our community. The calls come in. They are answered. The visits take place. The practical love and care coordinated by Sharon with the assistance of many others, including the clergy and through all of you. Summertime Social, thanks to Jackie and friends, is booked out for our seniors in the summer. We're looking for ways of gathering together graciously and thoughtfully to build community. And we're also here for the wider community. So what are we going to be doing? Looking appropriately to be offering gathering for our community. We are the parish church. An example today, Nico conducted a service for a Christian group right in our community that was what? Live streamed nationwide. Live streamed nationwide from St. Giles and St. George's. Because of the relationship we have with this group over the years and because of the technical skills and resources that your generosity has provided, we have enabled others to gather already. We are talking with agencies about having gatherings together, services of thanksgiving for our community when the, when the regulations allow. I'm in dialogue with a number of other people to offer these places of safe gathering and thanksgiving as the parish church, as well as continuing and intentionally offering places where we can gather to support those who are hurting and have been bereaved and being marginalized. And our gatherings will be a synthesis. I don't like the word hybrid. That implies something was old and no good and something that's new. I prefer the word synthesis. A synthesis of in-person and online. And looking ahead. As Noah looked to the future and prayed, so are we as a church leadership. The church leadership team is in the middle of a process, a prayerfully discerning what the Lord is asking of us as we position ourselves to serve the Lord with his love in our community going forwards. That will involve some changes. No decisions have yet been made. It will be a synthesis of in-person and live stream, and we'll be communicating more clearly and intentionally as that discernment process going on but we need to remember to be gracious to each other, to trust in the people that God has placed in leadership here, to be supportive of them whilst expressing our views and thoughts that they are solicited, and remember also these continue to be very uncertain times. Everything could and may change very quickly. But yet it's exciting, isn't it? The Lord is with his church, asking us to follow his leading as he provides. And as part of that, in response to the question, we are so grateful for Mirku's ministry. We're going to miss you dreadfully as you transition at the end of June, going to see your family and then join the Iona community. So shall we give Mirku some appreciation?
This was not the job that make you or we anticipated, but she has graciously and willingly rolled up her sleeve with a characteristic grace and thrown herself into learning all sorts of skills, which have enabled us as a church to worship as well as using her gifting in music. So to replace Mercury based upon the learnings as Kim has shared, we're looking at a th three day a week uh, job for someone to lead on the worship, to nurture our musicians and vocalists and develop that ministry. And then based upon the learnings, a three day post of a production and digital content person. The amount of work that goes on is, is, is amazing. We need more resource to keep up. So that's a prayer point. I echo David's comments of appreciation to Janine and Rianne. We thank them. And Leah, our ordinand, will be ordained in July, and she'll be serving her curacy in Headley. She has blessed us, as has have her family, and we'll be saying goodbye to her at the end of June and her family. There's a third thing that Noah did. The next thing that Noah did after he gathered was to build an altar and worship God and offer a sacrifice. Don't panic. I'm not proposing we go to Hammond's and buy some pigs. In the Old Testament, when we read about worship, we need to remember that worship involved a number of components. There was a blend of offerings that were given. And one important element of worship was gratitude. Noah expressed gratitude to God for being delivered from the great trial that the earth has been through. He gave thanks to God. And as we emerge from the pandemic, it's important that we continue to and intentionally grow in the grace of gratitude to God and to others. To thank God for his presence with us during the, violent, during the virus to continue to thank and appreciate the care and the skill of the NHS and key workers, scientists and everyone involved in enabling us to journey through what is taking place. And so we're looking to appropriately express our thanks for that in the time ahead. We need to recognize and give thanks to God for all that we've learned individually and collectively, for how relationships have been deepened, and for the things that we've realized that we value so much more than we did before. To remember and express gratitude, and I believe grow as increasingly gracious and generous and thankful people. Because gratitude matters. It really does in followers of Jesus. Remember the story when the Lord healed ten lepers? How many returned to say thank you? Just the one. I hope in the parish of Ashted, it's more than one. And scientific research corroborates the importance and the value of being thankful people. Science tells us, as well as scripture tells us. So let's grow in that. And as a church, we have the ability not just to express gratitude, but to be grateful to someone, to the Lord Jesus Christ, and this matters. And I hope that will be increasingly true in our individual lives of worship and in our gathered lives of worship. And one of the ways that we can show our gratitude to God is by serving him. As we emerge from lockdown, 
as the Lord leads us into a new rhythm and pattern, as people have stepped down for very good reasons, we will be asking more of you, more of each other, not to keep the show on the road, but to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and to bring his transforming love to others. So I invite everybody to think, as God has been generous to me, how may be inviting me to be generous to the Lord with my time, my talents, as well as my finances? And in worship, there is something else that happens in worship. It was true for Noah and his family, and it's true for us. It's this, grieving. In the story, if you read the scripture, and I quote, there is reference to the curse of the flood. A recognition that yes, there's been deliverance, but the flood has brought pain and suffering and we need to lament. Which is why in our teaching series, we began with lament. That wasn't a one-off deal. We need to recognize that and live our lives with lament as an appropriate part of it. And that is why as a parish church, we will continue to mourn and to give thanks for those who've died. We will invite and seek to serve and bless those in our community who've lost loved ones in appropriate ways through our bereavement ministry and through some of the gatherings we're hoping to offer to them. We need to recognize and grieve lost futures, lost opportunities, lost education, for the challenges we've all found in our lives to our health, physical and mental. And we need to continue to grieve for what is going on in our world and to be active in prayer for our world as well as in the mission opportunities that we are privileged to have as a church. But there is a recognition that gratitude and grieving leads to something else. As we gather, as we worship with gratitude and as we grieve, a fifth thing happens. We see this again in Noah. As Noah emerged from the, from the ark, he was told by God, Genesis chapter 9, verse 1, to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. God offers a covenant promise to Noah if he will accept and honor him through the rest of his life. Be fruitful and multiply and occupy all the ends of the earth in my name for my glory. There is a fourth thing that Noah did. He and his family and the animals grew. That may seem a very strange thing to ask of Noah. Fill the whole earth from your small family. How on earth could Noah and the animals achieve that? But yet I believe what Scripture says, that they honored God and somehow in his grace, his economy and power, the earth was filled to the glory of God. And so like Noah, as I draw to a close, I believe there's an important application for us now. How is the Lord inviting us, instructing us, requiring of us to grow? How are we growing in our understanding, in our knowledge, in our spiritual formation, Thanks to Sharon and members of the church, look at the continuing spiritual formation program that we're offering. Take advantage of that and your home group. How are you growing in all that the Lord has revealed to you in the last 15 months? 
How are we growing in our love of discipleship? Well, some practical things. In two weeks' time, we're starting a teaching series called Fruitfulness on the Front Line. How whatever age you are and wherever you live in whatever capacity, God loves you and is with you and invites you to be a kingdom person where he's placed you. That's what we're offering. And then going forwards to after the summer, September the 5th is Climate Sunday. That will begin an intentional teaching and focus from us as a church as we look to care for creation. There'll be practical teaching. There'll be storytelling. There'll be study. Liz has mentioned, and I'm grateful for Liz for her passion and those of her colleagues, we want to progress intentionally the Eco Award to give us a structure leading to the UN Climate Summit in November. We're planning some events and hoping to have some visiting speakers. So in September, we can really start to engage with caring for our creation. It's part of our discipleship privileges. And then in October and November, we're going to be asking small groups to participate in a national church course called Living in Love and Faith, which addresses with sensitivity and care the issue of human sexuality and relationships to enable us to have a deeper understanding and appreciation of our brothers and sisters. And to that end, the PCC staff and clergy and LLMs will be receiving an email from me on Monday asking them to do the course so we can learn together in the month that lies ahead for us. And we want to be people who grow in our compassion and love for our community. And yes, growing in numbers. As we honor God, the Spirit moves. We have continued to see signs of that. Just last Sunday, it was a joy at the parish communion to welcome three new worshippers who have indicated to me of their commitment to now make this church home. That's just this Sunday. Other encouragements, thank you. So we need to be prepared to welcome and to nurture our life as volunteers together. And then finally, looking at Noah's confidence, there was a moment when he said yes to God, and God confirmed that with a tangible sign. Do you remember what it was? Let's have it up. It's a rainbow. The rainbow has a new meaning for us now, as we give thanks for those who can have and to continue to care for us in the pandemic. When Noah said yes to God, the Lord indicated his delight and his faithfulness with a rainbow. A couple of weeks ago, I was praying about this message. Do you remember the day of the week when it rained? There was not just one rainbow, there was two. Remember that? Here in Ashton, as the parish church, God has called you and me to be his people, to love his community here, and to build his kingdom. God is the same. Will we choose to change and to grow? So as we are gracious to each other, as we are gracious to others, as we are gracious towards God with our time, our talents, and our treasure, as we gather, as we express gratitude and grieve, and yes, it may well be that we may have contracted numerically because some people may have drifted away. That's understandable. So let's be prayerful for those friends and neighbors 
to pray for them. And let's also look to invite them back into the Lord's loving presence. Because God is with us and for us. Because I believe that this is a time as we go forward for growing and for deepening, for reaching out deeper and wider to be a transforming community for Christ and in Christ. So what am I asking us to do as we go forward? To be people of grace, to be people who gather, to be people who are gracious, gratitude, to be people who grave and grow. And finally this, next slide, people who get on board. The church and the Church of England has been likened to many things in my hearing. One of those to being a cruise liner. I won't develop it because time's gone. But there is something about it slow. It's hard to change and there are demarcations. We are not passengers on the cruise liner. We are the crew. And that's a place of blessing. And I invite you as I invite myself to get on board with how the Lord is leading us. And allow him to build his kingdom through us. For such a time as this, the Lord has called us to be his people. Thank you for the privilege of being part of what God is doing together. Amen.